0: listening to the Mystical City of God in a Year podcast. I'm Father Edward Looney, and throughout the year I'm reading and reflecting on this four-volume, over 2,500-page work by the Venerable Maria of Agreda. And if you would like to discuss today's reading, you can do so over on Facebook at the group Mystical City of God in a Year podcast. Now let us thank God for the life of Maria of Agreda. All good and holy God, we thank you for the life of your servant Maria of Agreda. May we follow her holy example and shun the allurements of the world and abandon ourselves to your perfect will. Like her, may we enter into the quiet of heartfelt prayer and find your presence deep in the silence of our souls. Through the intercession of the Blessed Virgin Mary, the Immaculate Conception, may we pursue with deepest longing a profound purity of heart, mind, and body. By the prayerful help of Venerable Maria of Agreda, may we become holy and radiate the light and life of Christ to all we meet. Today is day number 113. We are reading from chapter 16 of volume 2, and we will read paragraphs 200 to 207. Chapter 16, the journey of the Most Holy Mary on her visit to St. Elizabeth and her entrance into the house of Zechariah. 200, and Mary, rising up in those days, says the sacred text, went into the hill country with haste into a city of Judea, Luke 1, 39. This rising up of our heavenly queen signified not only her exterior preparations and setting out from Nazareth on her journey, but it referred to the movement of her spirit, and to the divine impulse and command which directed her to arise interiorly with the humble retirement which she had chosen in her humility. She arose, as it were, from the feet of the Most High, whose will and pleasure she eagerly sought to fulfill, like the lowliest handmaid, who, according to the word of David, Psalm 122.2, keeps her eyes fixed upon the hands of her mistress, awaiting her commands. Arising at the bidding of the Lord, she lovingly hastened to accomplish his most holy will in procuring without delay the sanctification of the precursor of the incarnate word, who was yet held prisoner in the womb of Elizabeth by the bonds of original sin. This was the purpose and object of the journey. Therefore, the princess of heaven arose and proceeded in diligent haste, as mentioned by the evangelist St. Luke 201, leaving behind them the house of her father and forgetting her people, Psalm 4411. The most chaste spouses, Mary and Joseph, pursued their way to the house of Zechariah in mountainous Judea, It was twenty-six leagues distant from Nazareth, and the greater part of the way was very rough and broken, unfit for such a delicate and tender maiden. All the convenience at their disposal for the arduous undertaking was a humble beast, on which she began and pursued her journey. Although it was intended solely for her comfort and service, Yet Mary, the most humble and impretentious of all creatures, many times dismounted and asked her spouse, St. Joseph, to share with her this commodity and to lighten the difficulties of the way by making use of the beast. Her discreet spouse never accepted this offer, and in order to yield somewhat to the solicitations of the heavenly lady, he permitted her now and then to walk with him part of the way, whenever it seemed to him that her delicate strength could sustain the exertion without too great fatigue. But soon he would again ask her, with great modesty and reverence, to accept of this slight alleviation, and the celestial queen would then obey and again proceed on her way, seated in the saddle. 202. Thus alleviating their fatigue by humble and courteous contentions, The Most Holy Mary and St. Joseph continued on their journey, making good use of each single moment. They proceeded alone without accompaniment of any human creatures. But all the thousand angels which were set to guard the couch of Solomon, the Most Holy Mary, attended upon them. Canticle 3.7 Although the angels accompanied them in corporeal form, serving their great queen and her Most Holy Son in her womb, They were visible only to Mary. In the company of the angels and of St. Joseph, the Mother of Grace journeyed along, filling the fields and the mountains with the sweetest fragrance of her presence and with the divine praises in which she unceasingly occupied herself. Sometimes she conversed with the angels and alternately with them sang divine canticles, concerning the different mysteries of the divinity and the works of creation and of the Incarnation. Thus, ever anew, the pure heart of the Immaculate Lady was inflamed by the ardors of divine love. In all this, her spousing Joseph contributed his share by maintaining a discreet silence and by allowing his beloved spouse to pursue the flights of her spirit. For lost in the highest contemplation, he was favored with some understanding of what was passing within her soul. 203. At other times, the two would converse with each other and speak about the salvation of souls and the mercies of the Lord of the coming of the Redeemer, of the prophecies given to the ancient fathers concerning him, and of other mysteries and sacraments of the Most High. Something happened on the way, which caused great wonder in her holy spouse Joseph, he loved his spouse most tenderly with a chaste and holy love, such as had been ordained in him by the special grace and dispensation of the divine love itself. Canticle two, four. In addition to this privilege, which was certainly not a small one, the saint was naturally of a most humble and courteous disposition, and his manners were most pleasing and charming. All this produced in him a most discreet and loving solicitude, which was yet increased by great holiness, which he had seen from the beginning in his spouse, and which was ordained by heaven as the immediate object of all his privileges. Therefore, the saint anxiously attended upon Most Holy Mary, and asked her many times whether she was tired or fatigued, and in what he could serve her on the journey." But as the Queen of Heaven already carried within the virginal chamber the divine fire of the Incarnate Word, Holy Joseph, without fathoming the real cause, experienced in his soul new reactions proceeding from the words and conversations of his beloved spouse. He felt himself so inflamed by divine love and imbued with such exalted knowledge of the mysteries touched upon in their conversations that he was entirely renewed and spiritualized by this burning interior light. The farther they proceeded and the more they conversed about these heavenly things, so much the stronger these affections grew. And he became aware that it was the words of his spouse which thus filled his heart with love and inflamed his will with divine ardor, 204. So great were these new sensations that the prudent Joseph could not help but pay the greatest attention to them. Although he knew that all this came to him through the mediation of Most Holy Mary, and although it was a wonderful consolation to him that she was the cause, he meditated upon it without curiosity, and on account of his great modesty, he did not dare to ask her any questions. The Lord having ordained it thus, for it was not yet time that he should know the sacrament of the king, which was already completed in her virginal womb. The heavenly princess beheld the interior of her spouse, knowing all that passed within his soul, and in her prudence she reflected how it would be naturally unavoidable, that he should come to know of her pregnancy, for there would be no possibility of concealing it from her most beloved and chaste spouse. The great lady did not know at the time how God would arrange this matter. Yet, although she had not received any intimation or command to conceal this mystery, her heavenly prudence and discretion taught her that it would be proper to conceal it as a great sacrament, greater than all other mysteries. Therefore, she kept it secret, saying not a word about it to her husband, neither after the message of the angel, nor during this journey, nor later on during the anxieties occasion of St. Joseph at becoming aware of her pregnancy, 205. O admirable discretion and prudence more than human, the great queen resigned herself entirely to the divine providence, hoping that God would arrange all things, yet she felt anxiety and pain at the thought of what her husband might think and of her inability to do anything in order to dissipate his anxiety. This anxiety was increased by the attentive care and service lavished by him upon her with so much love and affection. Since his faithful services certainly deserved a corresponding return on her part as far as was prudently possible. Therefore, in loving solicitude and in pursuance of her desires to solve this coming difficulty, she prayed to the Lord, asking him to grant his divine assistance and guidance to St. Joseph when it should arrive. In this state of suspense in which she found herself, Her Highness performed great and heroic acts of faith, hope, and charity, of prudence, humility, patience, and fortitude, imbuing all her activity with the plenitude of holiness and reaching in all things the summit of perfection. 206. This journey was the first pilgrimage begun by the divine word. Four days after he had entered the world, for his most ardent love would not suffer any long delay or procrastination in kindling the fire which he came to scatter in the world, Luke 12:49, And in beginning his justification of mortals with his precursor, this haste, he communicated also to his holy mother, in order that she might arise without delay and fly on her visit to Elizabeth, Luke 1:39. The most heavenly lady on this occasion served as the coach of the true Solomon, but much more richly adorned and more elegant as Solomon herself furs in the canticles, canticle 3.9. Therefore, this journey was glorious and occasioned great joy to the only begotten of the Father, for he traveled at his ease in the virginal chamber of his mother, enjoying the sweet tokens of her love. At the time, she alone was the archive of this treasure, the secretary of so great a sacrament. And she adored him, blessed him, and admired him, spoke and listened to him and answered him. She reverenced him and thanked him for herself and for all the human race, much more than all men and angels together. 207. In the course of the journey which lasted four days, the two holy pilgrims, Mary and Joseph, exercised not only the virtues which were interior and had God for their immediate object, but also many other outward acts of charity toward their neighbors. For Mary could not remain idle at the sight of want. They did not find the same hospitable treatment at all the inns of the road. For some of the innkeepers, being more rude, treated them with slight consideration in accordance with their natural disposition." Others received them with true love, inspired by divine grace. But the mother of mercy denied to no one such help as she could administer. And therefore, whenever she could decently do so, she hastened to visit and hunt up the poor, infirm and afflicted, helping them and consoling them and curing their sickness. I will not stop to relate all that happened on the way, but will only mention the good fortune of a poor sick girl whom our great queen found in passing through a town on the first day of her journey. She was moved to tenderest compassion at the sight of her grievous illness, and making use of her power as mistress of the creatures, she commanded the fever to leave the maiden, and the humors to recompose and reduce themselves to their natural state and condition. At this command, and at the sweet presence of the purest mother, The sick maiden was suddenly freed and healed from her pains of body and benefited in soul, so that afterward she lived more and more perfectly and attained the state of sanctity. For the image of the authoress of her happiness remained stamped within her memory, and her heart was enkindled with a great love toward the heavenly lady, although she never again saw her, nor was the miracle ever made public. This concludes our reading today for day number 113. We have been reading from chapter 16 of volume 2 of the mystical city of God. And today we read paragraphs 200 to 207. It's interesting for us to realize that Joseph still does not yet know about the incarnation, does not know about the angel coming to her, does not know who it is that she contains in her womb. But also in today's reading, we also see the great dedication of St. Joseph to his spouse. Caring for her, providing for her, wanting to please her. And we hear, he permitted her now and then to walk with him part of the way, whenever it seemed to him that her delicate strength could sustain the exertion without too great of fatigue. Joseph, dedicated to the Blessed Virgin Mary in all of the different ways that he served her, In their journey, they had silence. Joseph was silent, much like we call him the silent one since we don't have any words of his in sacred scripture. But then also we hear what they talk about. They talk about holy things. Think about the conversations you have in your life with friends. Do you talk about the holy things with them? Joseph then realized that something was going on in his heart. Of course, he's in the presence of divine grace. So Maria of Agurta says she was the cause of this wonderful consolation to him. And he meditated upon it without curiosity and account of his great modesty. He did not dare to ask her any questions. So we see the pondering, the meditative nature of St. Joseph and how we can, you know, when we send something, I believe, you know, I've been on a pilgrimage to Spain, and so I've sensed things going on interiorly, and so I had to sit with them and talk with them about them to the Lord. And so we notice all of those things that arise in our hearts, and we give them over to the Lord in our prayer. We meditate, what is God asking of me right now? What's he saying to me in this moment? And then Mary is a bit anxious about the fact that Joseph doesn't know. We heard that her anxiety was only increased by the attentive care and service lavished upon him. One of the things we can take away from this is that anxiety is not a result of the fall. Otherwise, Mary would be exempted from it. And so she experienced anxiety, and maybe you have worries in your own life. And again, we go back to the words of the angel, do not be afraid, Mary. Even in that moment, a little fear arising in her heart when the angel was there. Do not be afraid, Mary. And so we realize then we can deal with and we can sort through our own anxiety that we know that this was something that also affected the Blessed Virgin. And then imagine this, Mary and Joseph walking along the way, Again, Joseph, not even aware of what has happened in Mary's life. All of the people on the road, all the people they encounter, do not know. They did not find the same hospitable treatment on all the ends of the road. For some of the innkeepers, being more rude, treated them with slight consideration in accordance with their natural disposition. Others received them with true love inspired by divine grace." that just with the presence of Jesus in the womb of Mary, people were being inspired by divine grace, not knowing that she's the mother of the Redeemer. But the mother of mercy denied to no one such help as she could administer, and therefore, whenever she could decently do so, she hastened to visit and hunt up the poor, infirm and afflicted, helping them and consoling them and curing their sickness. And then we hear the healing of that poor sick girl. And how is this accomplished? It's accomplished because of Jesus, Jesus in the womb of Mary, Jesus who is the divine physician, Mary who is the mediatrix of this because she is carrying the Lord who is able to do these things even as an infant in the womb, able to heal as we see here. And then you wonder, did St. Joseph know about this healing? What did he make of this healing? But Mary has great care for all of her people, She loves each one of us. She wants to obtain healing from us. She looks for our poverty of heart and we allow her to find us and to help us by her prayers and by mediation of grace. I'm Father Edward Looney and throughout the year I'm reading and reflecting on the four volumes, over 2,500 pages of the mystical city of God. I'm grateful you joined me today. And I hope you'll join me again tomorrow. Until then, may God bless you and Mary pray for you.